0: Well, we're going to get into the, into the message today, and uh, I'm, this happens to me all the time, and I'm sure it happens to you as well, but, but often I find things that I forgot that I owned, right? Do you guys do this all the time? I did it this week. I was going into our shed in the yard, which we very seldom ever go into because it's, it's so dangerous. And uh, I was looking for some folding chairs because we were going to take the grandkids uh, out to the lake. And so I was looking for some folding chairs. And I go in, and I don't find, I don't find folding chairs, but I found something like eight bicycles and 13 sleds. And two groundhogs that I forgot we had. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that we owned these things. And have you ever done that? Like you went and bought something and then a little while later you found, hey, we already have two of these things. And, and I, you know, I just, went and, I just went and bought some more. Well, um, sometimes uh, I, I think we have forgotten some things that we should have in our lives. We've forgotten some things that we should be practicing and and operating in in our lives. And and we we just kind of forgot them. We misplaced them. And so today we're going to start a new series called Forgotten Virtues. Forgotten Virtues. And for the next few weeks, we're going to look at topics like integrity. We're going to look at topics like... Purity that nobody talks about anymore. We're going to look at some things like humility and gratitude. And our topic today is going to be honor. Honor. Honor is not something that we see very often in our culture today, but we desperately need it. Just imagine how different the world would look right now, this moment, if we were people of honor who choose to honor one another. How, how different would the, would the news look right now? How different would the landscape of America look right now if, if we simply took this one principle from God's Word and we honored one another? So we're going to get into the Scriptures and we're going to see what God's Word has to say about honor. And this week I was scrolling through the book of Mark, which is a book in the New Testament of our Bibles, and, and I found this amazing I was seeing Jesus do some incredible things. If you just start in Mark chapter 1, you'll see Jesus doing a couple of things. Number one, he's casting out demons. Number two, he's cleansing lepers. And then he even heals Peter's mother-in-law. I mean, what kind of a god do you have to be to heal somebody's mother-in-law? Oh, come on. Uh, that's a mom-in-law joke. They're cheap and they're easy. But uh, we love you, mother-in-law. Somebody say amen. Come on. If you want to eat lunch today, you better say Amen. That's Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 2, Jesus comes upon a man who's who's been paralyzed for a long, long time, and Jesus miraculously heals a paralyzed man. Mark chapter 3, Jesus encounters a man with, we're just called a a withered hand. We're, We're not sure exactly what's wrong with his hand, but it's withered. He can't use it, and Jesus heals him, and he opens up his hand, and he he's got a miracle literally in his hand. Then Mark chapter 4, he's he's in the midst of a storm. He's on a boat with his disciples, and, and they think that they're gonna die, and they wake Jesus up because he was asleep on the pillow, and he he stands up and he speaks peace and calm to the wind and the waves, and he calms the storm with only his voice. Then Mark chapter five, he kicks it up another notch, and he sets a demon-possessed man free. He heals a woman who had an issue of blood. She had been bleeding for 12 years, and he heals heals her. And then Jesus does the incredible. He raises a girl from the dead, a 12-year-old girl. She's dead. She's gone, and he brings her back to life. Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, Mark 4, Mark 5. Jesus Christ is on a roll. But then we get to Mark chapter 6, and nothing incredible happens nothing his miracles dry up they cease they stop what would cause jesus to go from a water walking demon casting out healer of the leper raiser of the dead miracle worker to then just appearing to be a common carpenter overnight what what would, what would cause that? I mean, he was the same Jesus yesterday, but as he enters his hometown, something changes that causes nothing to happen. Let's look at it in Mark 6 and verse 1. It says, then he went out from there and came to his own country. Everyone say own country. He came from his, to his own country, and his disciples followed him. This is a side note, but that's what disciples do. They follow Jesus. Some people say, Pastor, what do I got to do to be a Christian? How do I do this thing? How do I live the Christian life? It's real simple. Follow him. That's what disciples do. Don't get tied up in a bunch of stuff you don't understand. Don't let some crazy preacher on YouTube uh, confuse you. Wait a minute. I am now a crazy preacher on YouTube. Okay, I can't say that anymore. (laughs) But don't let a crazier preacher on YouTube confuse you. Just follow him. He's a good shepherd, and he will lead his sheep. Come on, somebody. Say amen so it says his disciples followed him verse 2 and when the Sabbath had come he began to teach in the synagogue synagogue so now he's around the church folk and many hearing him were astonished saying where did this man get these things and what wisdom is this which give which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hand now now watch this Here is Jesus. He's in his own hometown. People are listening to him teach. They're hearing testimonies of what he's done in other places. But but because they know him, because they're familiar with him, they begin to question him. Verse 3 says this. They're talking to themselves. They're talking within themselves. Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter? They're like, wait a minute. The guy that I'm hearing all these testimonies about he's he he built my coffee table last year debbie, he made that that hutch that's in your dining room I mean I mean he was a nice guy when he came into your kitchen and he made that hutch but like he didn't work a miracle. it took him three days to build the thing I mean but now he's now people are talking that he's this miracle worker are are you sure i mean he's He's really just a carpenter. And they go on and they say, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. They're like, wait a minute. We know his mom. She's in the PTA with us. Like, we know his brothers. His brothers play on our son's baseball team, and they're not even very good. Like, like how, can, how can Jesus be great when his brothers are not even very good? And then they say, and are not his sisters here with us? They're like, wait a minute. His sisters hang out with our daughters. They're in the church youth group. They're, they're backward and shy, probably homeschooled. Um, and so anyway, <laughs> we're homeschoolers. <laughs> but, but anyway, I mean, how, how, can, how can Jesus be so special when his family is so Common, and look at how it at verse 3 ends. So they were offended at him. What? Why? Why would they be offended at him? So far, he's, he's been astonishing them with his teaching. People have given testimonies. They're probably following him into this town, and they've seen him do incredible things in other towns. Why are they offended at Him, he's done nothing offensive but to them he's not special to them he's just a carpenter to them he is common and as they are sitting there dishonoring him in their hearts Jesus reads their thoughts it's like Jesus was reading their email and look at verse 4 but Jesus said to them to those who are thinking this. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now verse 5 is the killer. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he, Jesus, marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Oh church, I hope we can see this this morning. the reason that the power of God could not flow in Jesus hometown was because they did not honor him. They dishonored him. They said he, he's, just, he's just Mary's boy, he's just Joseph's son, he's just a carpenter. Now in other towns, he's Jesus the waymaker. <laughs> In other towns, he's working miracles, but when he gets to this place without honor, the power of God dries up. Was Jesus a different person in Samaria than he was in Nazareth? No. He wasn't different. He was the same, but the hearts of the people were different. They were people without honor. And this shows us what happens to a people With no honor. The power of God dries up. The power of God can't move the way that God wants it to move when we are a people without honor. Isn't it amazing that in five chapters Jesus could work miracles, but when we get to chapter 6, it says he could do. Not that he wouldn't do, not that that he refused to do it, but he could do no mighty work. That's sad, right? That's really sad that the people would set such an atmosphere of dishonor that the power of God could not look or could not work in their lives. If you look around at our world today, honor is almost non-existent. It's hard to find. It's a forgotten virtue. Let's start in the home. Honor is often missing from the family. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Honoring father and mother honoring our parents and and, and the the elders among us. It's one of the Ten Commandments listed in Exodus chapter 20, and then it's repeated here in New Testament living. And God says, children, when you honor your parents, I will bless you for it. You want to be blessed? Honor your parents. Do you know, parents, it's our job to begin to teach our kids at an early age what honor is. And in fact, we do them harm when we allow them to dishonor us. I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back. We do our kids harm when we allow them to dishonor us. I I see kids hitting their parents and their parents doing nothing about it. Now listen, if your child's a baby, that's one thing. If they're really, really young, you know, and I mean, they're just they're just really tiny, and they, they reach out and they do that, that's one thing. But if your child is still hitting you at the age of three, they need a spanking, and so do you. And don't waste your finger strength sending me an email this week. I won't read it. I, but seriously, I... I see kids hitting their parents. That should never be allowed. That should never be allowed. You stop the first time they hit you, you start teaching them that is dishonorable. It's not only hitting, it's it's words. I, I hear children talking disrespectfully to their parents, and the parents say nothing in return. Moms, dads, we're training our kids from a very young age and the way that we allow them to treat us will be the way that they treat others. If you want to make a difference in society, you train them in your home. Now, I just want you to notice all the kids, all the young people, listen to how loudly your mom and dad are saying amen and clapping their hands now because I'm about to get in their business, okay? Now, kids, young people, I need you on my side now. I know I've offended you, and I want to say, I'm sorry. Now I need you, because we're going to pick on mom and dad, and all the young people said. (laughs) You're still mad at me. I love you. All right, so anyway, (laughs) you you know the best way to teach honor to our kids? Model it. Model it. Live it out. Because not only do we need it in the parent-child relationship, we need it in the marriage. Somebody say, model it. 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. The them are is your wife. Dwell with them, your, your wife, with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Husbands, we are to give honor to our wives as to the weaker vessel. Now, ladies, don't get mad at me. That doesn't mean you're tough. Okay? It doesn't mean you're tough. It just means you should be in this place of honor. Okay? If we are to describe it this way, a lady looks like a wine goblet and and a man looks like a thermos. Okay, that's what weaker vessel means. That's all that that means. And and sometimes you need a thermos, but sometimes you don't want a thermos. Sometimes you want a wine goblet to have your lemonade in and be fancy-like, right? Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now watch this now. And as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Wow. God says, if you don't honor your wife, don't expect me to answer your prayers. Somebody say, ouch. Come on, type ouch in the chat. If you're listening on Facebook or YouTube right now, just type ouch in the chat. This is something that many Christians fail to understand. People are made in the image of God And when we treat one another badly, God takes it personally. I'm going to say that again. When we treat one another badly, God takes it personally. When we dishonor one another, we dishonor God. Patty and I will celebrate 30 years of marriage this year, and I can tell you I have failed to honor her on many occasions. And 30 years into this relationship, I'm still learning how to honor her and prayerfully getting better. Husbands, brothers, how are we doing at honoring the ladies in our lives? Wives, how are you doing at honoring the men in your life? If we want to teach honor to the next generation, the best way we do that is to model it. And all the young people said, amen. Four of you participated. The others were afraid you'd get no lunch. It's okay. It's okay. All right, so what are some practical ways to show honor? What are some practical ways to show honor? Well, we honor one another with our words. Often we'll talk to our spouses in a way that we would never talk to a complete stranger. Can we be honest? Has anyone else in the room besides me gotten a little grouchy during quarantine? Come on, raise those hands. Come on, let's see some honesty in the house of God. Has anybody gotten a little bit cranky during quarantine? Right? It's it's been it's been tough. I I, I don't know about you, but in my home we have had some intense moments of fellowship. That's what we that's what we, we don't say fight. Intense moments of fellowship. But but here's what I want to do. I want to take this opportunity right now. If you need to say I'm sorry to someone who's with you for what happened during quarantine. If you need to say, I'm sorry for what happened during quarantine, just look at them right now and say, I'm sorry. Patty, I'm sorry, wherever you are, I'm sorry. Come on, if you're listening online, just just type, I'm sorry in the chat. Don't waste this opportunity because stats tell us that people are four times more likely to forgive you while in church. Go ahead, just say it again, say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, don't waste the opportunity. right Type it in the chat right now. I'm sorry. We honor one another with the words we speak, and listen, sometimes we dishonor one another by the words we withhold. I want to say that again: Sometimes we dishonor one another by the words we withhold. Sometimes you know that person is fishing for a compliment, but you withhold it anyway. Would it kill you to play along and give them a compliment? Life is hard, and sometimes you can make a real difference in somebody's life by a few kind words. Some of you men blew it this morning when she said, what do I look like in this dress? Should have fell to your knees and said, holy, holy. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. But Sometimes we dishonor one another by the words we withhold. Do you know, lack of communication is a way that we can dishonor our partner. I have coupled so many councils that struggle simply because one of them refuses to communicate. They won't talk about anything that's difficult. And listen, we all communicate differently, and sometimes we don't communicate as much. But a refusal to communicate at all is dishonoring to your relationship. You know what else is dishonoring? A lack of affection. Not only can we dishonor one another by withholding words, but we can, we can dishonor with, uh, one another by withholding affection. Especially if you know that your spouse or your kids have the love language of physical touch. You know that, but yet you withhold that on purpose. That's dishonor. We could go on all day. There, there are lots of ways that we can honor and dishonor people. I often try to honor people by the way I dress them. Mr. Gibson is here in the second row and my kids interact a lot with him uh, because of our robotics team. But often when they're talking to him, they'll say, Mr. Gibson, and he'll say, don't call me Mr. Gibson. That makes me sound old. And I'll say, Gary, you are old. (laughs) But the reason we do that is because we're honoring him. That's a way, you know, if I meet a doctor, I call them doctor. I, 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 I want to access the gift of healing. I want to access their education and their knowledge. And so I'm not calling him Bob. I'm calling him Dr. Bob because I respect him. And I honor the time that he's put in to, to learning his skill and his craft. And I want to get the best out of that man because I need some healing. How else could we honor people? Here's one. Put your phone down while you're talking to them. I'm not talking about the person you're having a phone conversation with, but I've been convicted of this many times. My kids or my wife would talk to me, and I'm still scrolling my phone. Come on, anyone convicted? It's dishonoring. Put the phone down. Here's one. Here's one. This would would change the world right here. This one right here. When you're on social media and you see a post you don't agree with, keep, Scrolling. Do you know that we do not have a moral obligation before the throne of God to comment on everything we don't agree with? Do you know the world does not need my opinion on everything? Sometimes I see things that people post and I don't agree with it. But as a way to honor the person more than my opinion, I just keep on trucking. There are lots of ways we can honor and dishonor people. Now let me just finally, we're going to close in just a minute, but I want to talk about one misconception about honor. One misconception about honor is that in order to honor someone, they must first be honorable. This is the idea of the world. If, if I'm going to honor you, well, you have to be honorable. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not going to honor you. I believe the Bible actually teaches the opposite. I believe the Bible actually teaches that honor is more about us being an honorable person than someone else being deserving of it. Come on, if we're honest this morning, we all have people in our lives that we might find it hard to honor, but I have learned that honor is something I carry and I choose to give, and it's not something that's necessarily earned. respect can be earned honor is given let me tell you a little story make it quick but you remember a guy in the Bible named Noah some of y'all need to read your Bible more it's right there in the beginning guys I mean he built this big ark, right but listen Noah goes on the ark with all these animals and his 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 family okay and, and he's on there a long time. It took him 120 years to build the thing. Stop making fun of the guy in Frostburg. It took Noah 120 years. He's not even a third of the way through his vision. Anyway, 120 years. Then he puts them all on there. No air conditioning. I mean, he didn't have the modern conveniences. And, and I'm going to give Noah some grace. But you know what? When Noah finally got off the ark, you know what he did? He had a little too much to drink, and when he went to bed, he forgot to put his PJs on. Don't judge him. You would do the same thing if you spent all that time on an ark with your family and animals. And one of his sons, his youngest son named Ham. What a name. Who names their son Ham? I mean, Pork Chop, maybe, but not Ham. Anyway, one of the sons, the youngest one named Ham, comes in and he sees his dad uncovered. He sees his dad's flesh. And instead of picking up a blanket and throwing it over him, you know what he does? He runs to his older brothers. He's like, guys, you won't believe this. Our dad got plastered last night. And he's laying in the tent now without his SpongeBob PJs on. Come on, I want you to come see. You know what his older brothers did? They said, Ham, you're a fool. They went into the tent. Turned backwards. Their, Their eyes turned this way and they had a cover and they refused to look on their dad's flesh and they covered him over and they honored him by not revealing his shame. How would the world look differently if we treated people like that? If you read the rest of the story, Ham was cursed. And his brothers were blessed because they showed honor. Hey, we all know one another have flesh, right? We all know one another. We're imperfect. But it seems to be so popular now to find somebody's imperfections and shame them over it. Instead of following this verse, love covers a multitude of sins. Our job is not to shame people. It's to honor them. Honor is something I carry and I give it to people. It's not something necessarily that's earned. Let me share one more verse. This one blows my mind. John 12 and verse 26, Jesus says this. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. We already talked about that. That's what a disciple does. Follow Jesus. And where I am, there my servant will be also if anyone serves me him my father will honor do you know why we are to be honorable people because our father is honorable that if anyone was undeserving of honor it's me and i'm sorry cupcake but it's you if any of I mean, we're all undeserving of honor, but yet Jesus says something incredible, "If you will serve my Father, He will honor you." Isn't that humbling? We need to be, in this broken world, we need to be imitators of God and freely offer honor to one another. Last week, we were having our drive-in service, and, and I'm telling you... Each week, you know, things have gotten a little better. First couple of weeks, we didn't have anybody in the room and had to preach just to the camera. And I'm thankful for cameras, but it's not the same. And then we went to the drive in, and it was good to see some of you through your tinted mafia glass. How do you guys even drive with that stuff? I don't understand that. But anyway, I can see like the people in the front row. But last week, a young man on our worship team, I think he's 31, Michael Welch, son of David Debbie, he comes to me. And Michael's if you, if you don't know Michael, he's a very tall guy, a young, good-looking guy. Um, but he's, he's kind of shy, and he comes to me before church, and he's got a hat in his hand, a baseball cap. He says, Pastor, he said, hey, um, I just want to ask you. He said, would it be okay if I—he was on the worship team that week. He said, would it be okay if I wear this hat during worship? He said— he said, normally I wouldn't do it. He said, but with COVID, he said, I've not been able to get a haircut. And like, it looks like i got some hedges up here, you know. And he said, it really bothers me. And, and he said, I, I didn't want to do it without asking you. But would it be okay if I, if I wore this hat? That's honor. That's honor. I, I can tell you, there are countless other young men who would walked on that stage with their hat, loud and proud, and would have said, you ain't telling me what to do. I'll wear this hat anywhere I want to wear it. This young man honored me as the pastor of the church. He honored our congregation because he knew that some in the congregation might be offended that he had a hat on. And he honored God. He knew he was ministering to God's people last week, and he didn't want anything, even even if it was his own personal attire, he did not want that to be a distraction to leading people into the presence of God. I said, Michael, if you'd feel more comfortable this week wearing that hat, you put that hat on, and let's worship God. Now, that might offend some of you, but I can tell you this. When I saw Michael's heart... I didn't care about his hat.